I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along one and all. Friends, enemies, acquaintances. Lovers. Lovers. Oh, brothers in arms and mothers in palms here we are to talk about franchises because this is of course film franchise fortnights on the cold pops podcast my name is aj and i'm joined once more by richard over there yo yo what's up everybody hey gang how's it going this is a podcast where we uh watch and discuss a different franchise Every fortnight, we've done everything from God's Not Dead to... I did it the wrong way around. From Godfather to Godzilla to, to God's, God's Not, Not Dead. Dead. And that uh, complete scattershot of genre in film franchise continues this fortnight as we watch the four films in the Barbershop series. The Barbershop Quartet. Thank you very if much. If you will, Richard. If they are not selling all four of these movies as the barbershop quartet and bargain bins across the world they are missing out on money what the um, it's such a good idea they wouldn't even be in a bargain in any price you pay right there's a bargain for, pay a, for that idea that thousand dollars for, the, for a <laughs> the, the barbershop movies called the barbershop quartet uh yeah we are talking about the barbershop films this uh this fortnight which consists of the film barbershop in 2002 the film barbershop 2 back in business in 2004 a spin-off called beauty shop in 2005 and then all the way in 2016 we had barbershop the next cut the series broadly is about a barbershop in a predominantly african-american neighborhood in chicago uh it has got it is it's it's you know, we. <laughs> it sounds like you. What are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm trying. We we you discussed in in our correspondence that it's kind of like Black Clerks, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm saying I actually think these films are incredibly like like inspired by Clerks. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's people in their their place of work and there's a loose story with lovable characters and every now and then one of them will break out into like a uh really voice of the writer conversation on some kind of current event probably about five times per film the (laughs) barbershop would stop to have a what i thought was kind of like a little bit of an uneducated conversation about social <laughs> issues <laughs> and that that shows up in every film so the series mainly stars ice cube as calvin palmer jr who inherited the barbershop from his father and his father before him mm-hmm. it also stars cedric the entertainer as eddie a man who is much older than cedric the entertainer yeah. and if you're not really paying attention you'll find yourself googling how old is cedric the entertainer did you think really interesting did you not pick up that he was very, playing a much older character 
I no, I, I did, but I'm just saying, like, very unfamiliar with Cedric the Entertainer's work. So at one point, I was like, he's playing like a man in like his 80s, and I'm pretty sure that's not the actual age of Cedric the Entertainer. And there's also Queen Latifah as Gina, who is only in one of the Barbershop movies, but frontlines the spin-off Beauty Shop. Um, there's also an assortment of other character actors and rap artists you may or may not recognise who show up in the various films. We're talking Eve. We're talking Sean Patrick Thomas, Troy Garrity, Michael Ely, Dion Cole, Anthony Anderson, Keith David, Alicia Silverstone, Andy McDowell, Alfred Woodard, Mina Savari, Kevin Bacon, Digimon Honsu, Regina Hall, Digi- Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Digimon. <laughs> Is that not how you say it? No, it's Jimon. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, we've also got Common, Lamorn Morris, uh, Atkash Ambakdar, JB Smooth, and a blink and you'll miss it on screen debut from one Lauren Kiki Palmer has mm. her first ever uh, role as. I don't know even if the character has lines in Barbershop yeah. 2, I believe. Um, something I found interesting in setting up for this episode, Richard, is that Ice Cube is not credited as writer for any of these. Does this not just scream passion project of Ice Cube? Oh, this n- no, that never once crossed my mind. That's really interesting. I was like, when you're like, it's crazy he's not credited as a writer. I was like, because yeah, he probably didn't write any of them. He feels like... <laughs> what vin diesel is to the fast and furious franchise for for this franchise interesting yeah no i didn't pick up on that at all didn't, didn't pick up on that no. maybe it's because he took over from vin diesel and triple x2 the return yeah, no, what's yeah. It called? state of the nation and so i kind of intrinsically link those two actors as being similar in my mind what do you think of ice cube I, I, this was one of the big things i wanted to talk about is like do you think ice cube's a good actor no, I also don't think he's very cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things that like, because he's done stuff like he's in the Are We There Yet? Are We Done Yet? That's him, right? Yeah, and he's done he's, he's done movies like that where yeah, it's interesting that like because this dude was like genuinely like a it, freedom fighter, yeah, in the nineties <laughs> and know, like one of yeah, the yeah. sort of like the primary voices in the like gangster rap movement Mm. and um you know really put like west coast hip-hop on the map and and all the stuff Mm. that like you know genuinely like earned his fair share of cred and stuff like that and yeah i think that he's one of those people that is maybe not necessarily good actor but i think he's got a really good screen presence like i really like watching him in these films and like 21 22 jump street i think he's great at that he does like some good voiceover work in um the new teenage mutant ninja turtles trying to think of like what else i've actually seen him in but um the last i heard of ice cube the last i heard of ice cube is he walked off set because he's anti-vax that's right yeah i forgot about that um (laughs) that's that's and that just existed in my mind through all their little socio-political conversations that they have in these films yeah that was like front and center of my mind (laughs) yeah that's right that film uh it was called oh hell no it's now called step dude step dude yeah very good times. but yeah no i i i think yeah it's, it's more that he's got a good yeah i i, I enjoy watching him on screen i think he's got a mm. good presence i think he's like i i like his his voice is like intonation and i think he plays a certain type of character well and i do think that like barbershop is a bit of a different uh side of him than i've seen you know that like he plays and you know that they joke about this in the film but the sort of like angry black man 
mm. police captain in the 21 22 jump street where he's very much like playing into a stereotype there and then to be this kind of like positive male role model in the barbershop films i yeah i, I enjoyed it mm. How do you think Ice Cube feels about playing a police chief? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. That it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that probably is inherently part of the joke of him being cast in Twenty One Jump Street is right. that the guy that's that saying "fuck the police" mm. is playing a police chief. Mm, nice. Alrighty, well, Barbershop, the first film, came out in two thousand two. Was directed by Tim Story. Mm. My favourite Pixar. I don't know. <laughs> you said to me something about Tim Story. You you were surprised to learn he directed this. Right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. He directed the Fantastic Four movies from two thousand five. The, the beloved Tim Story Fantastic Four films. Yeah. Um, what do you think this film has on Ron Tomatoes? I would guess like seventy. It's got eighty three percent, which is very respectable. Yeah. I did not think. It would have that. Uh, what is this movie about? So this movie, yeah, me? is about like you sort of set up the general premise of Ice Cube plays this guy who owns a barbershop, and it's a the business is struggling, and then a loan shark played by Keith David buys the shop off him, and then he decides he doesn't want to sell it, and the vision is sort of that he had and like you know leading down his father's legacy and he's you know then it's him trying to get enough money to get the uh to, to buy it back because now keith david's demanding like twice as much money there's also like this whole subplot with like a stolen atm that's like a, it's very b plotty like it's not really connected that much to the main plot but it's got anthony anderson mm-hmm. who's a lot of fun to watch Mm. yeah and it ends up being that the way they these two stories converge Mm. um and they manage to basically pin the stolen atm machine um potentially on keith david and then they get a fifty thousand dollar reward for finding it (laughs) so it all it all works out uh uh, very very sort of um serendipitously richard what did you think of this movie had you seen it before i tell you i hadn't seen this film before uh, but I, uh, before we get into what we thought of it, because I, I know you have a story about having seen this before, right? I have a very silly story. Yeah, about I remember you telling me before. this. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to laugh if I tell it again, or should we just forego it completely to save myself? No, well, tell the story. <laughs> um, when I was twenty or twenty-one, in my first ever flat. I flattered um, with a guy named Isaac, who's completely different from me. So different, I can confidently say he probably doesn't even know this podcast right. exists, let alone has, if he's listened. Um, he was—he's he, currently a PE teacher, you know, very sporty. The opposite but we were of pretty you. close friends. <laughs> the opposite of me, but we we're pretty close friends. And one day he was just like, "I'm going to put on Barbershop," and I was like okay i'll watch barbershop with you Mm. (laughs) and we watched barbershop and then it ended i reckon it would have finished around maybe 10 at night and i said to him dude we gotta watch barbershop too we absolutely have to we've just watched barbershop one let's watch barbershop two and he's like yeah we've got to watch the holy trilogy and i was like oh beauty shop (laughs) (laughs) you're concluding that and so we put on barbershop two it finishes at midnight and i'm like isaac we've got to watch beauty shop and he's like i got work in the morning man i'm going to bed i was like isaac you can't just stop the holy trilogy halfway through and he's like it's a spin-off bro it doesn't actually count i was like everyone knows that the holy trilogy is barbershop 
Barbershop 2 back in business and Beauty Shop. Everyone knows that. And then our other flatmate, Zusha, got out of bed and was like, can you guys shut the fuck up? <laughs> and that's the story. We never, I never oh, watched Beauty watch Shop. Shop. Oh, okay, right, right. I did watch Barbershop and Barbershop 2 back to back on the same night with my flatmate uh, who was very much not a movie person. So it's funny, just a yeah. funny sort of I do, memory. Yeah, I, I remember your time about story and finding quite funny. But the... You at midnight telling someone who has work in the morning, nah, bro, we have to stay up and watch the yeah. third one is such an AJ thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Proudly so. I think that's a fun thing to about having me as a friend. Like that, yeah, I remember one time we were ta- I was like standing up to go to bed and then we were, t- we were talking and I brought up I'd never seen Signs. And you said like, it's real good, but it's quite long. We should watch it right now. And I was like... <laughs> I'm going like I've I've initiated going to bed. <laughs> I am on my way to bed. Well, there was a time where we st- where back in the day when we first started the podcast, where we were like really restricting ourselves with the rules of it, and it was uh, doing Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street in the same week, and we ended up having to watch like fourteen films Seven. in the same weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we finished. We didn't start recording till after midnight. And I had work in the morning and like an early start too. And then I was driving on the down the motorway and started to like drift off because I was literally falling asleep. And so I was like, yeah, I almost like crashed and died because we started. But it's like we could have recorded that on Tuesday. We were releasing on Fridays at the time. We recorded like Sunday night. And it's like we could have recorded this on Wednesday night if we wanted to. (laughs) Oh, man, I... If you had died, that would still haunt me to this day. Yeah. I would be, it would have ruined my life. Me if too. Died because of absolutely. So, mm. what did you think of of Barbershop? I fucking loved this film. I thought you I loved thought it? it was great, man. I wow. I loved all of these films. I thought it was. I think this is spoilers for the rest of the podcast. One of the, like the most consistent franchises we've ever covered in my opinion a gold star perhaps. definitely a gold star franchise but it's yeah I, I thought it was such a good time and it's like this really interesting thing that it's like it is just this real insight into a you know a different culture and like it feels so authentically portrayed it's like you know because we've watched like black films before and mm-hmm. I mean, like the most sort of obvious example is the Medea films, which a podcast you can no longer find on our feed. Yeah, because we were young, and I'll say it's stupid. Yeah, we just we 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 just weren't the most respectful, as respectful as we should have been as as young twenty three year old white dudes. I guess. Yeah. Um, we're sorry. We regret it. We took it down. So yeah, but know. I also just like like nothing like cancelable. Just stuff that it's like I don't no. have to stand by this. No, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I have yeah. no obligation to stand up for who I was when yeah. I was 23. And if you can't look back and cringe at stuff seven years ago, you haven't grown as a person. Mm. But yeah, like yeah. it just feels very, yeah, the, these films feel very authentic. And like the what you were saying about the Clerks comparison, I haven't seen Clerks, to be honest, but it's like that very like slice of lifey kind yeah. of film and i think the characters all just i mean cedric the entertainer is kind of like the old one now and we will talk about him a bit more i'm sure but like i don't know the characters all felt like really authentic and like the the actual barbershop itself felt like it had this history and you can understand like the importance of it in the south side of chicago but yeah like 
I, I kept in my in my head making comparisons to like the Medea films, but it's because it's like these films that like you know it's it's advertised as this comedy, but it's like oh it actually deals with these like social issues and stuff more so like some like especially the third film or the the twenty sixteen film, but it's mm-hmm. like yeah I don't know it just deals with it in a in a lot more organic way I thought like it's it, it doesn't it doesn't uh the comedy doesn't undermine the the drama and the drama doesn't undermine the comedy or anything yeah. and yeah Boy, does Cedric Entertainer bring us to that line though right? well that's the thing and but I think that it's like like Cedric the Entertainer's character is kind of like a light version of the Medea character where it's like I can imagine there's a lot of people that grew up in this kind of like like with a local barbershop that was this kind of you know they call it the original mm. man cave and that he's like playing a pastiche of like a very specific type of person and i'm, I'm sure it resonates really like hard for the those audiences but the, like uh, looking even back to coming to america there was like the famous there's the barbershop scene in that as well and that has like a very similar as yeah well. it has yeah, like an older character like, in that up. as well you know who's, who's played by a younger person and older makeup and yeah as it like there's it's very clearly there's like a character that it's parodying that i've never met in real life <laughs> and yeah yeah <laughs> i i do think that maybe they could like because cedric the entertainer is great and he's capable of like incredible performances like he's in um first reformed but he i thought you can say madagascar i was not but he he and so i think that it's like getting you know i can see why you got like the comedian to play that character and and everything like that but i, I think it would have helped the film a bit more if you actually got like an older actor to play that part mm. i mean he's not even like i don't think he would would have been that much older but um I was thinking like Bernie Mac would have been great for that role. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, do you, do you think it's a blemish on the franchise this character? Well, it's one of those things that's like I'm I I love when films aren't for me and that I can like mm. and especially you know and then even more so when I can still enjoy it and it's not for me, but I'm mm. I'm not someone that's going to review bomb the marvels because i'm like you you've made one that's not for me and i actually really like the marvels as well but the oh yeah like like it's it's cool to see films that aren't made for me and so to have an inside joke that i can still enjoy i still like the character but it's like this has such a deeper level to people who don't look like me people who don't have the same background as me Mm. yeah like okay i'm you know i think I think it's a little like his character is a little strange or they could have gotten someone more age appropriate, but it's like, you know, there are people out there that are like, that's their favorite film character of all time. I'm sure. And (laughs) seeing their favorite comedian play you know, this like prominent, uh, archetype from their life. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take that away from it. I'm not going to, it's a, it's not even a blemish on the film necessarily. Like it doesn't take me out of it or anything like that. It's just something that it's like, if, me, a nine-year-old from New Ze- white kid from New Zealand, was tasked with directing this film. At the time, I probably would have cast someone different. But <laughs> what do I know? Um, when you said the Marvels before, yeah, um, I misheard you as the Marbles, and I was like, "What's the? Oh, is this like another Oscar front runner that you've seen <laughs> ahead of time that that I've yet to see? I can't wait till they do a red carpet interview and I edit." Um, uh, the the marbles cast four favorites yeah, yeah, yeah. 
one character, another character in this film that I thought probably stood out, uh, felt like more out of place than Cedric the Entertainer's Eddie was um, Keith David's character, who's a I villain. I thought it was great. He's, it just, it's like the rest of the movie is this grounded, mm. like, r- sort of, you know, the hardships of being the working class and and such a, like, um, you know, dangerous part of, of mm. town and all these things coming into it. And then, then Keith David walks in straight off, like, it's he's like he's playing a live-action version of his character from Princess of the Frog. Like, he's such a, like, <laughs> Disney villain that just yeah, waltzes yeah. in. is like, I'm gonna... And he, and he, like, just flagrantly tricks Ice Cube into selling of the the shop and then he's like immediately like surprise i'm actually evil and i'm going to turn this into a strip club and then they're like can I, we just did a verbal agreement can i have my money back and he's like no <laughs> like, that's how it works um so we one of the um controversies uh that this film faced is interesting because um the so as i said the film these films are full of the characters just suddenly breaking out into discussing some socio-political issue uh and usually it gets um interrupted midway through by eddie cedric the entertainer's character Mm. um who will come out to bat with i felt just horrible takes (laughs) and maybe that's the point but that being said i do think there is like some some troubling underlining um stances that that i think the people behind the the films have but it was 2002 who who didn't have these problems but the one that really like irked me is um eddie goes on a rant about how rosa parks uh was not as she she was like riding the cult the coattails of like malcolm x and martin luther king jr and that all she did was sit on the bus yeah, the exact quote here is Rosa Parks ain't do nothing but sit her black ass down. There's a whole lot of other people that sat down on the bus and they did it way before Rosa did. Um, he also refers to Martin Luther King as a hoe and then says of Jesse Jackson, fuck Jesse Jackson. Um, so in September 2002, Reverend Jesse Jackson <laughs> <laughs> responded to these statements um, and said that um, him and another Reverend Al Sharpton uh, pressured MGM to edit these scenes out of the film before its DVD release in January uh, because they felt it was unfair to them um the film was released with the controversial scenes intact i guess my ickiness from that scene in particular comes from the fact that like it's like we're praising all these like male leaders in the black and mm. the civil rights like movement and it's like the one the like the one female they bring up he has to like go on a tirade yeah about. i mean like it's interesting because it's one of those things that it's like are you supposed to agree with the character like he's he's I think you're supposed to like the character. Yeah, he's portrayed as what, like a bit of a crazy old, crazy old man from time to time. But you know, can yeah. is really like has a a backstory and stuff. But yeah, like there's the bit where he says that there's like the three things that black people need to admit is like one, Rodney King deserved to get beaten. OJ did it. Oh my god. And three, um, Rosa Parks did nothing but sit oj did it's pretty funny but the rodney king thing is like because because that's not real he doesn't even say that as a joke he says like he infers that rodney king had some kind of like the the line is um uh three things um number one rodney king should have got his ass beat for being drunk in a hyundai in a white part of los angeles 
I don't know, man. I, uh, like, I feel like maybe I shouldn't be commenting on this. Well, this is the things. thing. I mean, like, this is the whole podcast, right? Like, but the, I think that. <laughs> like, like, do you mean like broadly that this is what cult pop This is what cult pop is about, having, is, uh, is us commenting on, commenting on things that we're not qualified to. <laughs> no, like, I think that, like, to me, that reads as a joke. And I think that there is like a little bit of a, uh, you know, there's, there's been a little bit of a change in how we treat subjects like this in the last 20 years and but yeah like the thing that it's like you know saying driving a hyundai in a white part of los angeles is like something that deserved you deserve to get beaten for and like the oj did it thing is like it is clearly a joke but the i think that we because also there's some interesting jokes in the third film which become dated mm. so quickly um what a dated film yeah the next cut is but uh, like that they <laughs> like the next day it would have been dated yeah but the but like the way like the, that film's shelf life does not surpass one year yeah Let's there's a there's way. a bit in that they talk about prince being someone who is um sexually ambiguous but can still get heaps of ladies and he died six days later <laughs> but the but yeah i think that there's pre-trump really it's like we were a lot more comfortable joking about like the other side of things and Mm -hmm. whereas like you know you could have a character where it's like oh this dude is crazy because he to use an extreme example like you know as a holocaust denier kind of thing or like or, or, or even as like a flat earther and now and you, know, you could do that because like well this is such a ridiculous belief to hold and now it's yeah. like no there are actually dangerous people out there that believe these things and we can't give that side it's of not voice fun anymore. yeah and, and like the one of the big things is that like there's an episode of scrubs where they talk about like elliot coming out as a republican and there's like a a bunch of jokes a new girl about it as well there's like a video essay on this that it's like yeah you just you don't have in liberal leaning shows you don't have characters be republican now because it's like well they're evil and um <laughs> and in the and in the third film there's like this whole thing about like this is this bit where he's one of the characters is like all right if you win i'll vote democrat crazy yeah i gobsmacking joke in 2016's barbershop three yeah the, yeah. yeah that it's like yeah literally this character was planning to vote for trump until he Mm. made this bit but yeah the and so i i think that i I get what you mean about like the icky stuff around the rosa parks thing and how that can make you know makes you uncomfortable but i i i think that it's intended as a joke but that's maybe me Mm. just being giving the the film too much credit but Mm. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to say about the first film, or should we start chatting about back in business? We can we can get back in business. I I, I will say that I I was to transition to the second film. I was sad to see Anthony Anderson not show up because he's he's hilarious, man. That dude's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. So, Barbershop Two: Back in Business came out in two thousand four. Is directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I would, I would guess probably still around the same sixty-five to seventy. Yeah, it's got sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'd seen it before, yes. as I discussed earlier. Uh, what is this movie about? Oh yeah, so uh, the second film is about this now a a rival barbershop that's going to open up across 
the row Do you from know what the it is? Nappy Cuts. It's Good Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same plot as Good Burger. <laughs> yeah. It's... It even has Keenan Thompson. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, so we're introduced to some new characters and, like, you know, there's all these um, interpersonal relationships and stuff. I didn't have him in my list of character actors yeah. for some reason. But oh. the... Yeah, so, so Nappy Cuts, the whole thing is that it's like a... It, it's like a club that you can go to to get your hair cut. And so the whole film is them sort of trying to reestablish. Um, what's actually the name of the barber? It's just Calvin's or something, isn't it? Calvin's shop. Yeah. That like they're trying to, you know, rebrand and make sure everyone knows that it's like this is the cornerstone yeah. of Southside Chicago. And yeah, that that's that's more or less. Yeah, so so it's about it's ge- the 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 area of town that the barbershop's in is getting gentrified, yeah. And someone like a, a crooked dude running for mayor is like it basically him and and another guy. They talk to Calvin and just before the third act, and they sort of say to him like, "Hey, look, if you can convince the other store owners around that it's a good thing that." the place is getting gentrified um not only will we turn nappy cuts into something else but we'll let you keep your shop and earlier in the film his um contemporary his contemporaries is that what you, is that what a store owner would call the owners of the other stores around him his fellow store owners <laughs> yeah. are thinking of selling and he's like nah don't and so he he goes to the like hearing and basically says like fuck that it's bad we should all be proud of our small businesses, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And the, but the the motion passes anyway. Um, but not to fear, it turns out that Calvin did such a good job representing the community that they still have a loyal customer base, and despite nappy cuts, nappy fails, cuts yeah. exist, still existing across the road, which is a very optimistic uh, thing to say in a capitalist society. <laughs> it's like, you were just good enough. You were good enough that customers were loyal. <laughs> I don't know why you are so cynical with these films, AJ. I thought, again, I thought this film was great. It's a, it's a Godfather 2 uh, it's sequel, a Godfather too. Where we see some backstory of Eddie, and what I, like I thought, it, like a pretty decent backstory. I agree that because because so, what, what um what's it what does it take place during? Is it uh, the death of the assassination? Oh, yeah, of Martin Luther King, assassination of Martin Luther King, riding in the streets, and like there's all these you know all these shops are getting broken into and everything, mm. and yeah, Eddie's there at at the shop where he comes into it, and this dude comes into well, this dude starts running towards it with like a Molotov cocktail or a brick or something about to smash down the window. And he just gives them this like, you know, very powerful just like stop mm. And mm. from inside the shop. And it's just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. And then that I saves talk- the shop yeah. by. And then so that's why he's never had to pay chair rent for a haircut for, um, <laughs> for his. Yeah. And in, in, in the foot in the barbershop. Yeah. And um, this was when calvin's father ran yeah. the shop so yeah it's a flashback in the 60s yeah, yeah. um no this is interesting i talked recently on the show i can't remember what episode it might have been a patreon episode so i apologize if it was but i talked about the movie um return to the bat cave where adam west and burt ward play themselves and it's like this ridiculous scary movie logic mm. as in you know spoof movie logic but then it has flashbacks to the making of the batman tv series that are treated quite seriously and that's kind of how I felt about this. The the I cannot I cannot overstate how silly of a character Eddie is is 
intended to be, mm. right? Like it is literally a dude in old man makeup spouting out old old man stereotypes. And then they they give him these flashbacks where not only is, is what you just said, like there's also like his the lost stuff love. where he like has lost love who he sees on another train and runs across to the next runs across town to get to the next train stop so that he can he can meet her and the way this the these flashbacks are filmed mm. like an actual film from like the 60s or 70s like it's got that grain to it yeah. it's got this wonderful color palette to it i was watching this i was like this is great, man. Like this is awesome. I didn't remember this from when I first saw it, <laughs> but it's it's just it's just genuinely really well directed, specifically in those yeah, yeah. scenes. And then you just come back to Eddie, and he's like, "Oh, I'm farted," you know, whatever his jokes. Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was great, and I think this is probably my favorite one of the franchise, mainly just for those scenes, which, to be honest, I don't think amounted to what they could have amounted yeah, to. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Just the just the authenticity of the camera like work and aesthetic, I was like, show me this whole movie, yeah. Kevin Rodney Sullivan. Show me Barbershop Origins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. It, it's The thing as well that so that i really enjoyed about these films and you know so clear in the second ones specifically when like the whole thing the whole film was about like no this is like an institution but it's like it is really interesting how in in black culture it is such a like the barbershop is this like thing and it's like this hangout spot and even just the fact that like you know you think of like uh, when you when you think of a hairdresser you, you like the, the the stereotype of what a hairdresser is is very different in white culture than it is in black culture mm, sure yeah and <laughs> so yeah it's just like it's just fascinating that it's like you know it's one of these things where it's like it, it i it, i long to have nostalgia for like something else <laughs> like i remember talking to you once about how like listening to castle on the hill by ed sheeran is like you were sad you never had a castle on the hill and it's like Damn. I was sad. I, I never had like a. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I absolutely said it. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, but just that uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like oh man, I wish like you know this hangout spot for like we have whole different generations of like uh, you know I'm using this term broadly like good male role models, but mm. like you know especially you know in this the, when the stereotype in like African American culture is that there's a lack of good male role models and that it's like you can go to this barbershop hang out there like all day get your hair cut and you've got you know this this like crazy old man who's got incredible stories and you know there's people that just like all look out for each other and the other thing that i really liked about this and and i think it's mainly the second one and then also in beauty shop is like how they like most of the films have like a token white character that works there and how they treat that character because in it feels like you know it's something maybe more like a medea film it would be like they would be the butt of every joke and Mm. but it's like no that like that there there is jokes at the expense of the white character sort of thing but it is like no he's like he's a part of or 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 alicia silverstone and and beauty shop is like they're a, a part of this culture and they've been like accepted into it and it, uh, yeah like it's it's a nice layer to the film and also like 
I don't know. White people should be able to laugh at themselves more. <laughs> yeah, so um, in Barbershop 1 and 2, Troy Garrity plays a character named Isaac, um, who's the white barber at the barbershop. And, like, in the second film, it's like he's the best barber there. Mm. And, like, people go and get haircuts from him and they get, them to, he gets them, they get him to shave a little lowercase i yeah. into the back of their head because it's, like, a signature. And I was really drawn to that for some reason. I was like, wow, like a, a, a haircut that you ruin not completely yeah, like a calling know, card do it yeah like a calling card that's cool that's cool um, one thing i thought was funny about this movie is that what in the opening credits it says special appearance by queen latifah um queen latifah is just blatantly a main character in this <laughs> film. appears plenty like it's it's not like it's it's just, it's just a cast <laughs> but they're like special appearance by queen latifah what do you think of queen latifah's character do you think she is deserving of a spin-off yeah only and like she's later? she's another one that i just think has like a great screen presence she's she's fun to watch and mm-hmm. yeah i mean it, it's yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like Quentin Latifah. Yeah. I've got a review from Roger Ebert on this film. He said, did I like the film? Yeah, kind of, but not enough to recommend. <laughs> Arrived with freshness and an unexpected zing. But this one seems too content to follow in its footsteps. I think it's pretty content to follow in the footsteps of like The Godfather 2. I don't know if yeah. it's necessarily derivative of Barbershop, Barbershop 1. Yeah. <laughs> But it is funny, like, like there's, 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 uh, there's a scene in this where they're like, let's break into nappy cuts and see what's, yeah, yeah. what's going on, you know, and they, they break in and they're looking around and then a customer, well, a person outside sees that, that he thinks they're open. He's like, oh, let me get a haircut. And they just sort of improvise their way through it. And then Ice Cube is like, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Don't steal anything. Walks out right and like walks right into a cop. And I was like, here's the third act calvin's gonna go to prison yeah. uh you know like he'll cover for them etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's just a, it's just like the cops just like did you steal anything because he knows him he's like did you steal anything mm. he's like nah and it's like all right and it's like oh okay that's it that's the end of that storyline <laughs> yeah i liked that it was a good subversion like mm-hmm. yeah i i yeah i don't know that, that like i it, it they these sorts touch on social issues but there's like they don't just deal with, and this is the whole thing about like, um, you get this a lot with, and like, uh, like with queer cinema that it's like, so much of it is just like, about misery, sure. and it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad that Ice Cube didn't go to jail for this because it's just like, <laughs> yeah, that that you don't, the films don't need to be about like, it, like they do deal with like social issues and like race struggle and, and things like that, but it's like. Yeah, the the film isn't about misery, mm. and whereas like you know it's it's only just very recently that like we're getting acclaimed films about gay relationships that have happy endings, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. a lot of these films they're like, like you know stoppers. these fringe um, mm. sort of things that you know that were once fringe and and cinema mm. was like well if, you know to do it you have to really tell the the story of the struggle, yeah, yeah. Well, Richard, only a year later. After Barbershop back in business. Barbershop back to business. No, Barbershop 2 back in business. Not back to business. <laughs> uh, we got Beauty Shop directed by Billy Woodruff. What do you think this has on Rod Tomatoes? Uh, I would hope it has mid-60s. 
I'm so sorry to break the news to you, Richard. It only has 38% Oof. on Rotten Tomatoes. A score which kind of baffles me because of how it's on the same line these yeah. movies all all feel like. Um, what is Beauty Shop about? So, yeah, the, the character Gina, who Queen Latifah in the last film, has now moved from Chicago to Atlanta and... Which explains the accents. And if you missed that they've relocated to, to Atlanta, you'll spend a lot of this film being like, why is Alicia Silverstone doing that? Why is she doing that accent? <laughs> it's because they're in Georgia. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so she yeah she has this disagreement with uh, her boss, played by Kevin Bacon, and then starts a her own shop. And it's sort of just like the struggle of getting her own place off the ground and with this it moves through some very similar beats from the first barbershop yeah i will say that yeah which you know yeah yeah, it's fine but the yeah the the, at the whole time they're listening to this radio talk show host uh holler and helen and they they fucking love her and then they're struggling the the place is gonna go under and then this woman comes in with her hair like a mess absolutely just like gone to the dogs and they're like all right you know we'll fix you up don't you worry and then they turn on the radio and lo and behold the the woman that came in last minute was holler and helen and she gives a shout out to the beauty shop and they boy do they stay in business (laughs) presumably they're not mentioned in the yeah they do not come up again (laughs) what did you think of this one on par with the last two i really enjoyed it (laughs) kevin bacon is so funny and it it would have been so funny to film this i can imagine you know like because he has this ridiculous accent and then it's revealed he's putting it on uh, i missed that he that that was established and then the last thing you see of him is just yelling in like a normal american accent i was like is this supposed to be austrian still he's completely lost it and then when i was researching today i saw it i was like no he's just from nebraska yeah um yeah he plays plays jorge yeah and he's like jorge wants what jorge gets it's funny like kevin bacon's a real funny actor because he's like growing up you think of like kevin bacon as a real serious actor but then it's like Mm -hmm. he's in some silly shit He's done some silly shit. Oh, yeah, I mean, I only really know him from, like, silly shit where he has a wig and an accent. Mm-hmm. I would say I agree somewhat that this is the weaker, weakest one, maybe. I think just the the derivativeness of it, I didn't find the character drama, like, reaches... Like, like Barbershop's not afraid to be, like this movie's actually about like the criminal underbelly of of Southside Chicago, whereas this is a lot more uh, friendly, I think. Um, There's um, Octavia Spencer, (laughs) Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer has maybe two and a half lines in this film. Um, She is credited as Big Customer. Um, Big Customer joins the ranks of other thankless pre-Oscar roles that we've seen Spencer play in film franchise Fortnite's alongside Chicken Girl from Spider-Man, our Security Guard in Legally Blonde 2, Red, White and Blonde, Nurse Daniels in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, and of course Opal the Sex Worker in Bad Santa and Bad Santa 2. I presumably bought back for Bad Santa 2 as a to be like look who was in the first one yeah, i don't yeah, remember yeah. but um yeah i think it's so funny she's because 
I, I knew of Octavia Spencer before she was an Academy Award winner, mm. and I knew her from roles like these. You know, yeah, like at yeah, yeah. the it's it, it's like it's like who who is going to win an Oscar next? You know, like what who's the next Octavia Spencer who has like a twenty year career in bit roles? Yeah, yeah, and then is going to be given like the opportunity or, or like what is it like uh, like vigorous masturbation guy from the leftover or like handjob girl or something like that from the leftovers who's that there's like there's like a famous like credit that's like mom i got a part in a show <laughs> like what's the part sweetie <laughs> it's like vigorous masturbating guy because <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like um it's not quite the disparity is not quite as large but someone like jk simmons Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today as well winning an oscar mm. was like wow jk simmons like the the yellow the dude from this role and this role you know um i'm sure there are better examples of people who have who have you know cut their teeth on the bit character mm. um department before winning an oscar but yeah, yeah. let us know if you can think of any because i'm mm. sure there's ones that i'm not thinking yeah the- who, who won the last bunch i'm sure if i looked at the last nominees <sighs> The last bunch was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kehe Kwan, uh, um, Michelle Yeoh, Brenna, and Brenna, Brenna Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. All right, bad example. But look back far enough, you'll be able to prove Well, I mean, right you know, reasons. four or five years ago, the idea that um, Short Round would win an Oscar was seemed pretty it, insane. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go, actually. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Nice. The So, yeah, it's interesting. Like, th- this film, that like, this is one of the classic, like, female reboots of a film really that it's like yeah it does establish the character in the last film and it's like you know there's all these technicalities but it's like things like the the gender swapped reboot as we know it now like you know ghostbusters being the Mm. classic example it's like yeah this is kind of one but it's it's interesting because like and i think that the lower rotten tomatoes score is like because of this but i think that like like ghostbusters was like Hey, all you Ghostbusters fans, like, meet the new Ghostbusters. We're replacing the old ones, like, everything that you, you know, this is this is what they are now. Whereas Beauty Shop feels a lot more like, was Barbershop too manly for you? Here's one for the girls. Like, it, it, it feels, yeah. it doesn't feel like, hey, all you Barbershop fans, follow us over here. It was like, yeah, the, the, the female fans of, Bar- the barbershop films here's one just for you guys or if you couldn't get into barbershop maybe you'll like this one and yeah it's interesting because you talk about it like repeating a lot of the same plot beats and stuff like that and it's like yeah i don't i don't mind that because like i so does force awakens bro and that movie rocked <laughs> i mean you're not wrong it is my um, favorite star I, wars movie i think that this is also a interesting case of just like a pure spin-off yeah. And those are pretty real. Yeah, and so like, I think that it's like, what, sorry, what you were talking about, about like the special appearance by, I think that it's like this film would have very much already been in development or like already been announced right. or whatever. And I think that it's like, hey, we're sitting, like the special appearance means, hey, we're setting up the spinoff. 
Mm, it's very quaint in, in the post-Marvel golden age, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like, if you look at film franchise Fortnite's history, I feel like the the pure spinoffs are pretty rare thing. Mm. You know, like, and I, well, I we think another done a great what's ex- the best spinoff. We did what's the best prequel and sequel. Yeah, and the answer is is beauty shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because like you look at something like Puss in Boots, the first Puss in Boots, right? Um, that that to me is a pure spinoff, and it's very rare that you get these like like essentially plucking a character out of a story and putting them like there is there is one reference to um the barbershop crew in this film, and it's a photo mm. that um gina has on her mirror at her workstation where you can faintly see ice cube in, in the this photo mm. you know and it's like it really is, is it is it actually more a case of they they soft launched it's like the a character. backdoor pilot almost yeah but and all of this that's fine but isn't this funny to think of like this much going into like the bar like a, a character in barbershop you know what i mean like it's it's i don't know if i'd necessarily say the character particularly stands out or or is particularly like any more compelling than anyone else and so like maybe it was a case of like we want to make this movie oh let's i i hundred yeah. percent think that that's it that it's like beauty shop was planned and then queen latifah was cast for boot for beauty booty shop continue the franchise booty shop. <laughs> was uh, was cast for beauty shop and then was then retroactively put into Mm. barbershop too yeah. to set that up i reckon i reckon i think we've cracked it richard we've cracked the mysteries <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we've also got uh, andy mcdowell in this movie yeah and i th- um, i think i mean i don't have as much to say about andy mcdowell to be fair although there is a mm. scene where like there's a, where she sort of like starts to revel in black culture a little bit and there's one bit where she's eating collard greens and holy fuck man collard greens are incredible what like you asked me while well, you're watching it? Have have I ever had collard greens? I was to understand collard greens are just like a medley of green vegetables. Yeah. Am I wrong? Well, it's like that, but then just like just mixed with like butter and fat and like uh, and, and like uh, it's a, a friend of mine made them, and it's like you know I'm I'm not sure if they are explicitly collard greens, but they were like greens and they had like guanciale in them, uh, which is like you know. A, type of pork or cut of mm. pork and oh my god that was like incredible mm. yeah nice never had them again but oh my god think about it all the time nice. and the guanciale like looks like these little cubes of tomato and so was like sort of starting to eat around them and then i realized what it was and i was like oh my god now i've just got this little pile of guanciale <laughs> wow but yeah your distaste for Healthy vegetables came back to give you a little win. <laughs> yeah, well, to, yeah, to, yeah, no, tomatoes just. Tomatoes actually technically a fruit. <laughs> tomatoes creep me out. Mina Savari is in this uh, yeah. movie. She plays a a customer who, um, at offers Queen Latifah the chance to pitch her like patented uh hair conditioner to cover girl, but then when um. She what, so what's the situation? She flirts with the one male salon person mm. who has started dating Alicia Silverstone very recently, and Alicia Silverstone's like, "Hey, can you please not?" Well, actually, she grabs his butt, which is crazy. Yeah, Mina Savari grabs um, the guy's butt and is like, "Yeah, yeah." 
yeah and um and she's like how do you speak to me like this queen latifah please fire alicia silverstone send him to the principal's office to have him expelled (laughs) and she's like well you can say goodbye to your cover girl interview and then that storyline just genuinely she just doesn't get the cover girl interview like there's no well yeah but then then, so that's like oh my gosh they're not gonna blast into superstardom now but then the Mm. holler and helen thing happens but yeah i like that Ah. the because yeah it's like that's their oh no, like everything we were hoping mm. for is done. The store's mm. dead now. And then that happens. Mm. But the, yeah, I like that, that like the Mina Savari character is someone who like, and, and the Alicia Silverstein character as well. They're both like these white girls that like, in, in very different ways, like want to be part of black culture. And so for Mina Savari, yeah. it means like getting plastic surgery and like, it's, it's like she looks down on black people but still is like envious of elements of their culture and so she's trying to absorb those parts of their culture but it's just, it's making her a worse person whereas alicia silverstone is actually like this really sweet southern gal who sees like the camaraderie and like the sisterhood of this beauty shop and like that's what she sees like black culture as being yeah, and yeah. then to see you know, so they get to have their cake and eat it too a little bit with like, you know, Mina Savari gets to be the sort of butt of a lot of jokes about like white women trying to, you know, get into into that kind of culture. Whereas like, yeah, and I, I, I really liked Alicia Silverstein's character that she's like just this really sweet girl who looks up to these people and wants to be accepted by them. And then they end yeah. up being that it's like their friendship for her and they're like the fact that they stand up for her costs them this big deal. But it's like, well, you know, that's you're fully accepted in this crowd now because mm. you, yeah, because we're willing to put everything on the line to protect you. Yeah. But what I actually wanted to, why I brought Mina Savari up, Richard, is because I always thought it was funny that she was an American uh, pie and American beauty. Mm. And now I find out she's in beauty shop. Which leads me to two questions, which you'll know the answer to. Is she in a film called Pie Shop? Is she in a film called Pie Shop is my question. (laughs) Or another film with pie or shop in the title. Mm. And then does whatever the other word is in that title, is she then in another movie that has that other word in the title? Is she playing a game here? Is there a Mina Savari conspiracy, I guess, is my question. And I'm asking a man who I know is the fastest Googler (laughs) to figure this out for me. Uh, She's in a film called American Virgin. You're kidding (laughs) Yeah. She's got an American trilogy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she it's, it's about the it's about the daughter of an American uh, an adult film director who agrees to lose her virginity on screen despite her father. That sounds great. <laughs> um, what year did it come out? It came out, out in 2000 and the tagline it's so the same time as American Pie and American Beauty. Yeah, so it was. Uh, give me- That's crazy. She was. She would have. She must be, have been, had a moment where she was like, "I'm starring in three films about virgins <laughs> <laughs> that all have American in the title." Yeah the 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 original title was Live Virgin or Live Virgin, uh, but it was changed to American Virgin to capitalize on American Pie and American Beauty. And like it's uh, Bob Hoskins plays a dad in it, but it's um that's not as fun now that I know that it happened on purpose. <laughs> on a Robert Lozier uh, 
plays plays the father. Bob Hoskins is also in it. But it's like all American Pie, all American Beauty, and now dot 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 is the tagline to the film. My picture of this film is radically changed yeah. after you reading me that tagline. Should we see I was thinking what it has on like a Ron Tomatoes. Yeah, I was thinking like an erotic thriller, kind of like cruel intentions kind of thing. She is so also in, like an American um, pie obviously an American reunion as well. Yeah, I, I did think of that, but I don't know if I would say that counts mm. towards her accumulative weird patterns and movie titles that she picks. Yeah. Um, there is another character in this uh, this movie I want to discuss. A young, probably 12-year-old boy, named, I think his name is Willie, and he uh, is a little sex pest. <laughs> he's, just, he's decided he's going to make a music video, so he walks around with a video camera filming women's butts, um, and all of this is horrendous. Like, he says some pretty, like, full-on stuff to, and there's a bit where he's flirting with a 12 year old girl and he essentially like what we'd now identify as sexually harasses this girl. <laughs> and it, it made me question like when you've got child actors playing opposite each other and they have lines like this you know like what's the what's the protocol there because it's not like like he says to queen latifah like oh you got big it sounded like it's just something to do with milk. I can't remember what the line is, but milk. But it sounds like he could say she has big mommy milk, <laughs> and she like throws him out of the shop. But when he's talking to a, like another twelve year old, and he says something like, um, "Oh, what is it? It's like, it's. I think it's about like uh, her butt or something mm. like that." It's like, oh, this is creeping me out. Anyway, all of this is justified, though, because he is filming everything and manages to get on tape Kevin's ba- Kevin Bacon's character mm. like engaging in corporate espionage to shut down the <laughs> shop, which is how they win the- they save the day in the end, which is a confusing message to be like, hey, Film you everything. know what? There's a place for miniature sex pests in our society. Well, AJ, um- you are a miniature sex pest. <laughs> <laughs> Very good good very good richard next film we have to talk about let's jump ahead to 2016 the world was bright-eyed and bushy well, at the time we thought this is one of the worst years of all time that's true actually because alan rickman um, died david bowie died prince was just about to die when this film came yeah. out yeah we are of course talking about barbershop the next cut directed by malcolm d lee what do you think this has on ron tomatoes i would guess quite high I'm going to say, like, 88. It's got 90%, making Fuck it the yeah. highest of the Barbershop films, which also uh, makes it the rare one of these rare legacy sequels that uh, is a lot better received than yeah, any yeah. of the films. It's, it's like, aping nostalgia off, you know? Mm. Um, what is Barbershop The Next Cut about? So, it, it's, it's interesting, because it's, it's not really, like... Um, the fact that a lot of time has passed is not really that important other than the fact that their kid is now a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I skipped kid here, the kid at the end of the first one. And yeah, the, the, so this one is about that there's like a, been a rise in violence for in Southside Chicago around, around the area around the barbershop and mainly due to like gang activity and the sort of crux of the film. Well, now the barbershop is also on one side of it is like a beauty salon now. So 
you know, the men on one side, women on the other side, and that's the only way they were able to stay open. But it also, you know, opens the cast up to being to having a lot more people in it. And they get the sort of heads of these two gangs to agree to a ceasefire for 48 hours as like, and they'll do free cuts for that time. And so it's like putting on this big sort of like display of peace in their area and to sort of raise awareness and put it into, because there's, you know, people running for office and, and things like this again, but yeah, to really sort of try to put an end to gang violence or at least to raise awareness for the issue. And the, at the end of the film, Barack Obama comes in and gets his hair cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like this is, as you say, the fact that it's all these years later doesn't doesn't really come into it. A lot of the characters, like the 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 staff of the barbershop is quite different, I guess. Mm. Um, you Eddie got is even Morris. older, somehow yeah. even older. Yep. Um, and Com- Common joins the cast. Common, Common's there as a main character. Yep. Uh, yes, Nicki Minaj, main character. Regina Very Hall. interesting. To, like, Nicki Minaj does not seem like... Like, I'm surprised she acts at all in anything, mm. let alone, like, Barbershop 3. What a, she must have been a fan. Of, of all the films to that you'd act... I mean, like, because you, you got to remember that, like, you know, the cast is, like, Eve, Ice Cube. Yeah, true. They're, like, true. all these people that are... Um, Do you know Queen rabid- Latifah? Speaking yeah. of, of, of this, I looked up Queen Latifah because I was like, what's Queen Latifah even? I haven't thought of Queen Latifah in years. Mm. What's she even doing now? Her, uh, the f- opening line on her Wikipedia page, and you're going to be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But the opening line on her Wikipedia page is like, she is considered one of the best female hip-hop artists of all time. Yeah. I, 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 what's a Queen Latifah song? I can't <laughs> think what's of a Queen, Queen Latifah, Latifah Um <laughs> It's interesting as well that you like you you might not know this, but the the common appearing in this film is and like they're kind of like frenemies with Ice Cube, but that it's like one of the Quite surprising yeah one of the biggest feuds in hip hop history was between Common and Ice Cube, and like you see yeah like in the nineties it was the whole thing was that it was. It, the the whole sort of East Coast versus West Coast rivalry, yeah. and that, like I said before, NWA Ice Cube's group was one of the like like gangster rap, which is the you know a lot of the like more sort of violent rap and misogyny and all this stuff. And then Common released a song called "I Used to Love Her," H E R, and which which actually stands for like hip hop in essence is real or something like that. And so it's like it's about you know, I used to love this girl, but it's like actually about how you used to love hip hop. And, but then she moved yeah. to the West coast and fell in with a bad crowd and stuff. And then like a year later, ice cube did a track where it was like, yeah, you used to love her. Now we are mad. You're mad. Cause we fucked your bitch. Um, and then it like ignited this, this huge feud. And mm. yeah, I mean, it, it's like, you know, you know, for, for people in, mid 90s to hear that like oh in 20 years time these guys are gonna do like a family comedy together is like the craziest thing i don't know if i call these family comedies they're pretty like there's a lot of swearing and shit comedies 
comedies. Um, so Anthony Anderson is also mm, back, back in the cast. He now runs a catering service called Gangster Grub, which is like this underdeveloped B plot about him and his mum running it, and yeah. they like say they're accepting money for charity, but they just put it all back into the business. I yeah. don't know. Um, but uh, not everyone came back. Missing from the cast is is Dink- Dinka, who's a <laughs> Nigerian character. Um, who was in the first two films. Um, and also, Michael Ealy was offered the response to a prize's role as Ricky Nash. Um, Which was he, Eve's he played, husband. Terry's husband. No. Um, no. E- Eve's boyfriend in the... Well, yeah. they, they begin dating in the second one. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and one of the reasons... The reason he's not in it, I thought, was very interesting. So, um, Ice Cube claimed in an interview that Michael Ealy was interested in co-starring in the sequel until he read the script. Cube reported that Ely was displeased with the new direction and the script, the screenwriters were taking the film and was disgusted by the dialogue and additional characters. Wow. Ely allegedly said that this is the new fi- that this new film was not the barbershop he knew and it tarnished the image and meaning of the original two films. I think <laughs> very strange thing to say about three largely similar films yeah <laughs> like i i did not feel at all like barbershop three was even encroaching on unless he's just the legacy. you're like disgustingly misogynistic and yeah. hates the idea that like they're sharing the barbershop with women count mm. me out maybe well this is why common was cast in the film because originally that character was just going to be ricky because he's married mm. to to Eve, um, but didn't want to do it, so they had to invent a whole new character. But you know, of course, it's possible that someone would come into your life with the twelve year gap. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like it's one of those things that's like, you know, if you're watching this trilogy condensed, it is kind of weird that there's like this new character. But I think that like, you know, there's a long history of like rappers turned actors, mm. and I, I think Common is probably one of the best ones in my opinion totally i think he's a really good actor yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um so what did you think of barbershop the next cut i thought it was great i love this film i loved all of these man i had such a good time watching these this was this was Mm -hmm. nice vember and also the thing is as well interestingly that like this is the the franchise that our discord decided to blindly watch along with so we're gonna have a lot of people I, I'm yeah. hoping that cult elders will be a bit. This month will be a bit more in depth, but <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, all the social commentary stuff and is like it, it was really good, and I thought it was really interesting. How I mean, yeah, it's fascinating to watch, like how how different things were, well, like how different things would have been if this film came out a year later. You know, like yeah. So this film is awash with references to Obama, mm. none of Trump. Trump's not even spoken aloud by they name, mentioned they mention Hillary. They mention that she mention that she Hillary. probably had that she probably has side bitches and they're probably thick yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Um and fuck man, I found these com- I hate when they get into these conversations. Like the what they have a conversation about Obama where like every point of view is kind of insufferable. And maybe it's because I'm just too much of a radical leftist now mm. that I find any kind of like tolerance of american presidents 
like laughable right like mm. like ice cube in this film is like i think he's doing a really good job and then when a guy who's who's impersonating obama shows up in the in a credit scene mm. um to get a haircut everyone everyone's like thank you for representing the the black community and and all these things and it's just i don't know it feels icky because it's like the people writing this film are the like the these you know, it, it feels like it's perspectives like surface level perspectives from people who have money and privilege trying to be like give obama a break he's done a good job with what he has and mm. I disagree with that sentiment, I guess. So that's 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 where I kind of just found yeah, myself I being like, like oh. I think, yeah, I, I think that it's like you, you know, in our privileged white position over here in New Zealand, it's very like, it's easy to forget that it's like, just that it's like a black man was president and how outside of the realm of possibility that must have ever seemed, seemed and just having that representation for like your kids and knowing like you know like you can hold the most powerful position in the world and yeah because because like even just like you know i've been uh listening to the the scrubs rewatch podcast recently and just even in that like donald Faison talking about like watching shows growing up that's just like holy shit like you know i loved the show because it was just like there was a black kid on tv like that was awesome <laughs> and so i think that, that it's like that's I mean, you know, that's yeah. obviously like 20 years before this, but I think that, you know, being the president, that I think that, you know, what you, what you sort of say is being like this, like tolerance of an, an American president is like, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, you know, it's 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 a lot easier to be critical over here. Yeah, but I also, I believe like, like we had this here when you'd yeah. criticize just something Jacinda Ardern would do and you'd get met with like the center left friends that you might have being like you know talking about how how she's done this and done that and i i think jacinda ardern seemed like a nice person i'm not mm. you know i'm not attacking her character but she 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 failed in a lot of areas in which like like she she got the nickname comrade jacinda by the right mm. yeah, right and if you paid attention to her politics that's a ridiculous thing to mm. call her because there are policies which she did or didn't act on which are like so laughably anti-communist that it's mm. like why are you calling her comrade this is insane i wish she was comrade i wish and it's it's the same sort of thing here where like representation i believe is really good in media okay that's 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 something I'm very passionate about. When it comes to politics, don't get me wrong, there definitely should be representation in politics. But when it's the president and it's a, a man who is still committing war crimes and still bombing places, I guess I'm just like, this identity politics stops mattering, I think, when you're in that position and have that opportunity to do that much with your representation or with your power. I don't know why I'm. I'm just, yeah, I'm like, actually, well, no. Like, I, yeah, I think I think Barbershop, the next cut is the perfect place for my anti-Obama tirade. Where <laughs> else would I? What other franchise would well, I do? I mean, this I just in? think it's again this, that thing that it's like I'm quite happy to have this <laughs> celebration of black culture and and film, but I'm like, why do you want to keep bringing it down? Like, what what did you want them to say to Obama when he comes into their shop at the end? I kind of thought that scene was pretty cheesy anyway. I don't know. If yeah, I, I mean it plays through the credits, the but it's like Yeah, I mean I'm 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 quite happy for them to just have fun. 
Yeah, I'm of two minds about it because it was kind of funny. And and Eddie... Um, it fucks up the haircut. Yeah, and he'd pr- previously claimed that he'd cut Barack's hair yeah. back in the day, like 20 years ago or whatever. And then he's like, yeah, I remember you, and sits down and then Eddie fucks up the haircut. A joke they use in all the movies. Yeah. <laughs> that someone getting distracted and accidentally cutting a chunk out of an important person's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Do you have anything I, else... I, I, I just I thought it was a great film. Nice. I I, I think Lamar Morris was a fun uh, addition as well. Mm-hmm. That you know, like again, like um, talking about like representations of like masculinity and like male role models. He's like a very different, you know, very, a lot more modern type of man than someone like Ice mm. Cube, who's mm. very sort of traditional family values masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Lamar Morris is just a f- funny dude. Slays yeah. me. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Barbershop franchise or should we move on to our little seggies? Uh, what did you think of Nicki Minaj's acting, by the way? Fine. Yeah, I, I thought she was pretty decent, to be honest. Like, yeah. it is distracting that it's Nicki Minaj just because it's like, I'm I'm so because aware of her. beautiful. This yeah. beautiful, like, supermodel that's just been plopped into a barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Regina Hall's fun. Like I thought she was a great addition mm-hmm. to the franchise as well. Yeah, I think they cut yeah. the cast of this. Let's this get Regina Hall spin off. Let's get Beauty Shop yeah, too. with Regina yeah. Hall. Continue the franchise is coming <laughs> up next, everybody. Um, continue the franchise. This is a segment where we pitch our own, uh, which I sort of maybe just spoiled Richard's one, it sounds like. <laughs> but before we get to our own pitches for continuing the franchise, did you know that a short-lived TV show adaptation mm. was produced of um, Barbershop after Back in Business in 2005, which recast and in some cases renamed all of the <laughs> characters? Um, I believe that uh, the character's name is Dinka in the first two films. In the TV show, it was changed to Yinka because that's an actual Nigerian name. <laughs> Dinka was just something they made up. Um, Omar Gooding plays um, Calvin... So that's Ice Cube's character. Yeah, every, everyone was recast, basically. Mm. Um, uh, and according to Wikipedia, uh, while the original films were no stranger to controversy, the series uses humour to more deeply explore a variety of issues related to the contemporary African-American community, including drug abuse, entrepreneurship, local politics, and use of the N-word. Uh, this is very evident with episode titles such as This Is My Bullshit and You're Welcome To It, uh, N-word, comma, lovers. Uh, Madonna is a hoe and Dana's fucking blind. And whose pussy is that? (laughs) Uh, It ran for one season of 10 episodes before Showtime um, cancelled it. However, in April of 2023, after previously acquiring MGM, Amazon announced plans to expand the franchise with a new television series in development through Amazon Studios. Mm. So we're getting more Barbershop. It's coming in TV show form. Yay. What's your continue the franchise, Richard? I want to see Beauty Shop 2. Wow. Back in business. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was thinking originally just bringing back uh, Queen Latifah and doing, you know, a distant sequel to that film. But yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely more to explore with Regina Hall's character. And Mm. like, because initially I was like, Oh, you know, I would love to see how the barbershop would deal with like I I think that a 2020 set barbershop film would be really interesting. That it's like mm-hmm. you have 
you know, COVID, social distancing and everything, but then obviously the George Floyd Black Lives Matter protests. But then I was like, uh, yeah, I don't want to just, like, center it around this, like, total bummer, <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, but I think, I mean, more more so COVID, like, it, it kind of fits with Barbershop that it's like, you know, dealing with COVID and I'm sure you would have a lot of fun stuff with Eddie and that, but then to have... That, or like, would you? Because Ice Cube actually holds these dicey yeah. opinions about COVID. Yeah. So would he still be down for it? It's funny. In Barbershop 3, the um, one of the characters who's played by uh, Utkash Ambakdar, who's a, a Indian character, mm. he says the line, um, there has never been a better time to be a black man in America. He's not black himself. Mm. But he says that to the other characters. And it's like, it would be a bummer to come back and be like, it's now pretty bad to be in a black in America. Like, like, I don't even know if that was true at the time, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, I've written here for my, continue the franchise, Barbershop Apocalypse or Barbershopalypse. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I just think this, these, this cast of characters would be great in, like, a Walking Dead scenario. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. You know, like barber, it's a it's it's a zombie outbreak, and the barber shop is one of the only refuges in Southside, right? Mm, that's great. <laughs> and well, because you've got Eddie ice- just standing at the door, going, "No, stop!" Yeah, yeah. And you've got all these fun characters fighting zombies. You know, I, I, it's I, I, I. This came to me very naturally. This idea because I think there's something very zombie apocalypse about this cast, and mm. it would be interesting to see where they would. I go think with a, an Ice Cube zombie movie feels long overdue. Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Richard, the last thing we've got to do now is to... Well, actually, the second to last thing we've got to do now is to rank that franchise. Over on Letterboxd, the Cop Option Letterboxd, look us up. Uh, we've got a list of every franchise we've ever covered, um, and we rank them. Richard, we rank them baby baby. And we're going to add the the um, barbershop to this list now. So we're talking gold star potentially i do think that we at least need to acknowledge that one of our rules for gold stars is like a is to take the critical consensus into account but in this case it just it's just the like critics are wrong critics are sexist well it's not it's i, I just think it's like it seems like the a lot of the reasons why these would have been ranked so poorly would be because of the time they came out in mm, racism race and well i was thinking like sexism with the case of beauty shop it's mm. like yeah that's probably why the probably the entire male base of reviewers didn't like it mm. um so where are we thinking barbershop needs to go in our ranking uh well i'm thinking it definitely needs a gold star yep yep i'm thinking throw out a number to me or, or a franchise that you you're wondering if it's better than okay is it better than nymphomaniac <laughs> I think, okay, so I wasn't, I was ignoring your question because it's so obviously better than Nymphomaniac. I'm thinking okay. it's like better than El Mariachi. Okay, where's that? In 42. I'm happy to go higher. That's me, mm-hmm. that's me giving you a, a talking So above... Point. Yeah, above El Mariachi, we've got Ghostbusters. And I would say it's probably better than Ghostbusters. 
probably pound for pound better than Ghostbusters. But then we land at um, uh, 28 Days Later, which I don't think it is better than. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, let's go 41. Sweet. I've lost the, the film. Okay, 41. We are ranking Barbershop, the Barbershop Quartet as franchise 41. Hope everyone playing the where do they rank that game at lost. Home, lost. I hope you had a horrible day. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, Richard, all we've got to do now is go over to Patreon where the patrons have voted on what the next franchise is that we will spend the next two weeks of our lives drowning ourselves in, Richard. Is it still Nice Vember? Yeah, so this still counts as Nice Vember, uh, which is... So we asked people for nice franchises. Yeah, French nices. French nices. Uh, and it looks like the prevailing winner for this one, Richard. Let me just do a double check, make sure nothing else has pipped it at the post, or is it mostly the same? Yeah, no, the, the, it's it's now got a much wider lead as well. <laughs> uh, we are covering the five films, the two, there's two distinct canons, but five films in the Adams Family franchise. Richard, this will be our first thanksgiving tie-in we've ever done in film fortnights a holiday neither of us celebrate um and frankly nor should americans (laughs) (laughs) um that's so that's coming at you guys next fortnight we're doing the adams family so there's three live action films and two recent animated ones um hopefully they are fun and nice that's all i ask uh, yeah of nice member franchises thank you very much for listening everybody if you liked this then why don't you come to our version of a barbershop which is the discord <laughs> which you can find a link to that in the show notes you can also follow us on instagram and twitter slash x um or as they're now calling it x and in brackets formerly known as twitter <laughs> because that's what a successful rebrand looks like right <laughs> um and if you want to support us financially you can do so over at patreon.com slash where one of the things you get among bonus episodes, among being able to um, decide which franchises we watch, you also get to give us something called a post-credit scene, which is coming at you right after this music ends. Richard, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you. I hope you like your haircut that I've secretly given you. Wow. During this time. What a brilliant thing to say. What? God, you're brilliant, AJ. God, you're good. <laughs> <laughs>
that I can tell you now. One is the time that he, while I was at work all day, ate all of our chicken cordon bleu in the in the freezer. There was the the final destination episode of Cult Popshire, which is a, a less talked about uh, thing. I don't even know if we've actually told the full story there, but that's one. There's what else? What else? Oh, there was a time that I. <laughs> Uh, I really needed some cable to get something set up and you were working at the uni and there was a PB tech at the uni and I was like, could you pick up this cable for me? And you were just like, oh, like, do I have to like. There is not a PB tech at the uni, Richard. It's about a half an hour walk down Queen Street. No, there's that one, but there's also one at the uni. I had no memory of that PBT. And um and then so I was like, oh, okay, well, so then I had to go, you know, like I don't even remember this. this yeah, but it's still a slight I hold against you. God, you must be you must, heavy must your heart be, Richard, because I don't have any slights I don't think I have any slights against anyone. I'm not a very slighty person. One slight that you have against me, though, that I'd like to bring up because I think it's really funny. Um, (laughs) And let me tell the story and then I will allow you to uninterrupted rebuttal. And you know what? Then we'll end the post-credits scene. So I'm giving you the last word upon um, the agreement that you'd let me tell the story first. Yeah. Yep. So very early back in the days of the podcast, we covered the Beethoven franchise. And I don't know why or how, but for some reason we got it in our heads that at the time, because Beethoven was in straight-to-DVD territory, there existed a possibility that we could direct Beethoven 9. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And we, we came up with this idea of like, because the Beethoven series gets like really meta later mm. on, but the I, the funny thing is like, for whom is it getting meta? Because mm. we'll be the the oldest people <laughs> who have ever watched them. Like they're made for children, and children aren't going to appreciate discovering that the seventh Beethoven movie is a meta sequel that takes place as if Beethoven is cast in the first Beethoven movie. Yeah. Kids don't care about that shit. So we were going to lean into that and make a movie about Beethoven being a movie star. And I can't remember what ideas we pitched, but I do remember that the title that was landed by us on, upon us from us was Lights, Camera, Beethoven, mm-hmm. right? And I remember this as being my sole contribution <laughs> to the project was that title months go by we're not we don't talk about our our plans to direct Beethoven eight or nine or whatever it is and somehow I bring up oh like the title that I made up lights camera Beethoven Richard loses his mind at this and he's like AJ I came up with the title and I was like oh I remember coming up with it and he was like he stood up, he left the room, <laughs> furious at me. And I the thing is, is like, I am not a person that gets joy out of getting this reaction out of someone. <laughs> like, I don't want that. I don't want you to feel bad or frustrated or like I'm stealing your idea. And I hate to tell you this, Richard, there have been plenty of occasions where I've just rolled over because <laughs> I think you're wrong on something, but I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't want another Beethoven, lights camera Beethoven situation to happen. Um, 
And I wasn't being a dick about it. I just remembered coming up with it, right? Now, all these years later, what I find extra special and extra spicy about the story is I no longer remember coming up with the title. <laughs> but I do remember the feeling of being so sure that I had come up with it. <laughs> so I'm left here all these years later thinking, I still think I came up with it. With like an it. echo of I, a feeling. Yeah, 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 an echo of a feeling. I don't remember coming up with it anymore, but I remembered the feeling of being dumbfounded that you thought you came up with it when it was like the only thing I'd contributed to the idea and you'd like designed the plot and you'd vaguely started like working out how here's how we could actually direct Beethoven <laughs> 9 like that was all you I feel like the single thing I said was lights camera Beethoven and then you you from my perspective you loved that title so much that you could not <laughs> separate yourself myself. from it yeah. <laughs> um that's so funny because like in your attempt to be like yeah i actually don't have any petty slights you just and you're like don't worry you'll get a chance to tell your side of the story i have nothing else to add i don't really remember this (laughs) (laughs) you don't remember it that's crazy oh my god that's so funny i remember like again i remember you having pointed this out to me after the fact i like i don't actually remember the like i got up and walked out but it's like this is this is clearly a slight that you're holding on to um, well richard to answer jason's question you know know what we should do then you know what we should do as we should call a truce and i'll tell you what mate let's just not make beethoven no i still want to all right, well, it's got to be called Lights, Camera, Beethoven. And I want well, yeah, of course, because I came up with that. Half the royalties. 